This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you will live like Jesus and share His love. Hey, welcome back to Season 3. It's Episode 2 of Radiant Reflections. My name is Josh. I'm JB. Glad to be here. We're back with you for another episode, and we are continuing our theme of digging deeper into the message. So it's Monday morning. Yesterday, Pastor Ryan brought us uh, installment number two in our Unseen Realm series, uh, and he talked about the devil. Yeah. So that was... That was fun. Yeah, it was. We learned, you know, he's not necessarily red. He's not necessarily uh, with a pitchfork, and he doesn't necessarily have horns. He might have all those things, but we don't know for sure. That's right. I've never yeah. seen him personally kind of hoping no. Oh, no. to avoid that, actually. No, nope, I don't oh, want any trouble. Be, that would be a bad day. Which, so I actually, I want to start today's uh, episode with a brief conversation based on a couple of verses in the book of Jude, because I, I think... In my brain, this is a good framework for any time we talk about the devil. So if if uh, you've got scripture there, right, you can look at Jude. I think we'll start reading in verse 8. And Jude is talking about false teachers. He's he's comparing people to Sodom and Gomorrah. And, I mean, he's talking about a lot of different things in a, in a very small book. But in verse 8, he says, In the same way, these people who claim authority from their dreams, live immoral lives, defy authority, and scoff at supernatural beings. This is also something in 2 Peter uh, 2, verse 10, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. He makes a similar uh, reference. Verse 9, it says, But even Michael, one of the mightiest of the angels, maybe your translation says the archangel, did not dare accuse the devil of blasphemy, but simply said, The Lord rebuke you. This took place when Michael was arguing with the devil about Moses' body. But these people hmm. scoff at things they do not understand, like unthinking animals. They do whatever their instincts tell them, and so they bring about their own destruction. So this is an interesting passage. I don't know, and I don't know if you had previously spent a whole lot of time, yeah, uh, reflecting on that. <laughs> I haven't, but I feel like verse eleven is kind of important too, because it says, "Woe to them, these people that do this, for they've gone the way of Cain." So something that they're doing in this discussion about angels is related to the way Cain behaved. Yeah, you get you get three bad comparisons. Right yes. Here. Yeah. And have plunged into Balaam's error. You know, Balaam was uh Balak tried to hire Balaam to curse God's mm-hmm. chosen people. Uh Balaam's error for profit and have perished in Korah's rebellion. Now, Korah's rebellion, same thing. These were people who uh rose up and said, you know, Moses, you are not. So you're not the boss of me. Yeah, you're not the boss of me. And God opened up the earth and swallowed those folks. So, bad yes. Day. That's a bad day. Oh, man. Oh, man. But what about, how do you not blaspheme? Well, and so, so here, That's I guess the here, hard here's, part. here's my question. And and we'll, we'll kind of like, we'll pull back from this specific verse a little bit, but st- stay with the, the theme. What level, you know, because it talks about Michael, one of the archangels, mm-hmm. right? Who is, you know, this is a a, a mighty, mighty one. spiritual being, mm-hmm. right? It, it gives us this account, and we don't know. There's no biblical record of the devil and Michael arguing over the body of Moses. This Except is this t- one. This is tied more into uh, Jewish tradition mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, so if you're like, oh, what does that mean? I have no idea because, <laughs> because we don't have any other yeah. any other account of this. Yeah. But my this is a verse that even as a teenager, 
right? So like I I ran in like the Christian music, like the underground Christian music circles. Sure. Like you go to all the punk shows, the hardcore shows, the metal yeah. show, you know. And and there were usually people that were selling merch, right? And they would oh, have yeah. they'd have these shirts. And there was one in particular that I always wanted, but this verse always kept me from buying. I love this. And and this t-shirt said Satan is a poop head. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you're watching and you're offended by that, the P word there. Come on. I'm sorry. What about the really. people who have the one that says not today, Satan? I don't see. So this is where I want to open up a brief, okay. br- just brief conversation because we've got, we, we want to get to some. <laughs> we have a little list here from, from the boss. Uh, yes. So we want to make sure we cover that. But yeah, even in conversations about, the devil or other mm-hmm. spiritual beings. Yeah. What level of, and maybe it's not the right word, but what level of reverence mm-hmm. should there be? Yeah. I don't know. I, and this is something that yeah. I wrestled again as a teenager because I'm like, okay, well, is that, is this t shirt slandering mm, a mighty one, a, a, a mighty spiritual being, yeah. evil, right? But still a, a, a mighty spiritual being. I wonder, does it have something to do with the fact that these creatures, Lucifer himself, we learned this yesterday, was a created being by God. And so when we when we speak ill or try to uh, take authority that we don't have over these things, we're, we're questioning God in some way. Kind of like, okay, think about this, Josh. We're both image bearers of God. There are other image bearers of God created in, created in his image who are... Well, right now, the big hype, maybe you're watching it. I'm not. They're, the big hype is there's this documentary about Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay. I can't do that. just no, no. Uh, freaks me right but out. But this is a human being like you and me, Josh, that was. This is a person who killed others, put their bodies in his freezer, and ate. I mean, it's hard to say that stuff out loud. It's insanity. Like, it's so demonic. It's so unclean. But he's still, he was still an image bearer made Mm. in God. As dark as he became, he still was an image bearer of God. Is that kind of what Jude is saying? Look, these things, oh yeah, they're enemies. They're minions of Satan himself. But because they were created by God initially to be worshipers and who knows what else, messengers, uh, we should be careful and step lightly. I don't know. And then, and then, then the question. My guess. That, but then let's let's take it a bit further, right? Yeah, let's let's say we we land on this idea that <clears throat> there is a level of reverence, again, not not in the same way that we would not submission, right, right, right. but recognition that this is a a mm-hmm. powerful spiritual being. Yeah. If we are supposed to give even the devil some of that, how much greater? Should our reverence be for God? Mm. And the question is, and and I'm asking myself this question. Yeah. Are there times when I am too flippant in my use of, you know, I, mean, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Do, do I treat the name of God with wow. the proper level of reverence? Mm. I don't know. That's just something I've been wrestling with since, since yesterday. And again, like this whole, yeah. this whole Jude passage against ever since I was a teenager. It's like, yeah. oh, what, is, what does that mean? What is, I, I still haven't figured it out. If you've got a great answer, uh, let us Drop know. it in the comments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Help us out, please. Yeah. 
So, well, I don't think it would be the enemy that would be leading you down that path, Josh, to think about revering him and revering his name. I think the Holy Spirit's speaking to you some way, somehow. He's got something. I don't know what, but that's cool. Yeah. So, yeah. There's that. That's bonus. That's yeah. just kind of a, a little yeah. tidbit because we actually want to intro. S- yeah. We want to spend the bulk of this episode <laughs> uh, talking about some disciplines. Yeah. So again, if you haven't heard the message from from yesterday, I want to encourage you to jump in and listen to that. That was uh, Unseen Realm installment number two, uh, and and Ryan closes that by encouraging everybody to read Luke chapter four, which is the mm-hmm. temptation of Jesus. He goes out to the desert, and he actually has kind of this this confrontation with the devil, mm-hmm. and and Ryan teased out this idea of spiritual disciplines that we can see in Jesus's approach to the devil, and then that gives us a model for how we can also uh, mm-hmm. engage, in a sense, in spiritual warfare. So he uh, he had this line. He talked about a quiet prayer uh, immersed in Scripture. I'm sorry, quiet prayer and fasting immersed in Scripture. So we wanted to hit on kind of a few of those. We're going to break it down a little bit more. So we're, we'll talk about kind of that idea of the quiet prayer, which we would suggest has an element of uh silence and solitude to it mm-hmm. we want to talk about fasting and we want to talk about scripture yeah. uh kind of our framework is we want to hit on what is it what is it not and then uh at least as important as that is why like mm-hmm. what what is the why behind each of those things mm-hmm. uh, and that's a crucial that's a crucial piece it is so uh let's start with prayer and quiet and the, you know that silence and solitude yeah. uh just from what you see in that luke 4 passage like what jumps out to you yeah, I, I think that Jesus has obviously given us, an, giving, given us an example of having spent that time with mm. the Father so that when he came into the wilderness, uh, the prayer and quiet had sort of informed how he was going to manage that and handle that. And that's a perfect example for us. Um, I don't know if we should even, do we even, should we read that, Josh, Luke? Luke 4 section real fast. Josh, what version are you reading? So in? I've got I've got the NLT here okay. uh, with me. Okay. That's my that's my go-to. People tease me for it, but I still like it. I don't tease you, man. <laughs> Not me. I'm down for whatever will get a person to read it. But uh yeah, I use CSB. Uh kind of new for me. I grew up on New King James, but uh this is this is good too. Um I think it's amazing in verse 1 there, Luke 4, Jesus left the Jordan full of the Holy Spirit. And what was he doing in the Jordan? He was doing the work of God, but he also had times of quiet and prayer and solitude uh, before he went into this temptation. Mm. And this is coming off the heels of his baptism, right? Mm-hmm. So he's been in that area. John the Baptist baptizes him. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it says he's he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And then the, the really cool thing, he says... Uh, he was led by the Spirit. This is still at the tail end of verse 1. He was mm-hmm. led by the Spirit into the wilderness mm-hmm. where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And then we get jump into that, that end of that verse. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry. Yes. So 40 days you would be, you would become very hungry. You'd be, I'd be, I'm hungry yeah. after missing one meal. Yes. <laughs> 40 days. What do they say? It's 10 days, right? I mean, like you can do, you could do three days or four days without water or something like that. Or three days, do... I think is what without water. Yeah. I mean, you'd be, you'd be hurting after 40 days with no, no food though. Uh, yeah. I'd None be... at all. I don't think he, yeah, you'd have a hard time surviving. I yeah. don't know. But uh, this is obviously miraculous. 
uh, definitely. I think that the important thing to think about with prayer, though, uh, is it's really just conversation with God. Mm. You know, it, it's and and the important thing I think early in your walk with Christ, it's a lot of it is a monologue, right? You have a list of things. I had that. I don't know how you were, but I had like a a notebook, and I they were all requests. Like I'm praying for my friends that I grew up with that want to see them come to Christ, and I pray for those people. Uh, initially it's very me, us talking to God, but as we hopefully grow, it becomes more of a dialogue and, and you begin and, to hear from God. And less of the vending machine approach, not, yeah, I mean, which, I mean, it's, I'm, which is not to say that you praying for lost friends is a right. vending machine. That's actually right. a very, but always asking. that's a very good thing. Yes. Right. A very good thing to, to right. pray about. But yes, you, you, you create space, right? We think of prayer as I'm talking to God. Well, no, but it's also us shutting our mouths and and letting him talk back. Yeah. So I think it's what we see a pattern. One of the best places we see a pattern of prayer is in, in King David. You know, when you read through the Psalms, David is most of, a lot of his Psalms are prayers and he's venting crazy stuff like, Lord, uh, would you kick the teeth out of my enemies? <laughs> like he's super frustrated and he, it, it's okay for him to actually mm -hmm. speak those things to God. And so sometimes I think, especially if you're watching or listening, you've come up in a really traditional, uh, maybe Orthodox or, or even Catholic background where it's much more liturgical, nothing wrong with that. I personally like that. Uh, but that can become somewhat disconnected from actually how you feel, you know, being able to go to God and say to him, I'm upset with this person. Help me figure this out. Well, and even the, you know, in certain circles, right, that we have come to equate any sort of doubt mm. with unbelief. Right. And I think that is a mistake. Yep. Because again, you see, you see David who has seen God work in powerful ways in his yep. life, yep. still going to God saying, where are you? Yeah. Like, Come on, it looks like the bad guys are going to win, Lord. Yeah. Uh, this isn't what we agreed on. Right. And and he's able to to express those things that yeah. we might consider doubts. Yeah. And in some circles, like, oh, no, no, no. Oh, you just got to have faith. Just got to right. believe. Right. Or maybe pray more. Yeah, pray. You got, hey, you got to pray more. It's like, I've been, I'm praying until my eyeballs are falling out here. And, and yeah. <laughs> it still feels like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you it, we have a lot more flexibility, I think, in yeah. uh, what we... I that's think you hit that. the knot there. The, the, what it is not is a is a vending machine experience. Prayer is not this thing where we just kind of tell God what we think and feel, and then ching ching. If we say it so many times, this happens. Um, it, it's not a, a one way street. Mm -hmm. It is a dialogue. It is communication, and that's where I think that quiet comes in. You know, to have parts of your prayer time where, yes, you are lifting up those lost friends and family members maybe asking for healing for a person, but where you are quiet and listening. I don't know how your, what your practices are, but for me, that is one of the most challenging things. Silence. To keep and my mind oh, quiet. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I love, and you know, for those of you that, that are listening and you were at our last uh, first Wednesday, uh, you know, there's a, I shared a quote from Richard Foster. Cause I, mm -hmm. I love what he talks about with control and, I'm sorry, not with control, with silence, but he pairs it with the idea of control. That one of the reasons we have such a hard time with silence is because it it makes us feel helpless. Mm. And then we're like, well, no, 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 no. We're so used to 
you're controlling even our emotions. Oh, nope, nope. Hey, you know what? No, I'm okay. Like I'm, I'm good or I'm bad. And, and we use our words yeah. as a, as a means of control mm. and silence is a is a discipline that reminds us that we are not in control, mm. which is unnerving, especially at first. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But over time, it's it's actually very comforting mm-hmm. because when we're able to step back and and say, "Nope, I don't. Yeah, I don't have to be in control." Yeah, we can sit in the 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 fact that God is in control. <laughs> yes, and that's a whole lot better than me being in control. Oh man, so. I think there's physiology involved there too. I know uh, for me, quiet, silence, and stillness, it takes me a little bit of time physically to kind of decompress, mm. to get to a space where I can be listening. And so for me, a lot of times, um, and if you're listening or watching, don't be offended by this, but some breathing, some careful ways of just breathing in the grace of God you know, metaphorically and breathing out the burden of speaking or breathing out the burden of noise and just kind of making space in that quiet uh, for God to speak. I love the the example we see in scripture with uh, the prophet Ezekiel, you know, Ezekiel. No, am I right? He's in the mountain. This is Ezekiel, isn't it? And he, there's all this crazy stuff that comes past him, and the the rocks. Oh, no, no, no. You're talking. Tri- you're talking. You're talking what, Elijah. What is? Yeah, Elijah, Elijah not Ezekiel. Yeah. Coming off of the yep. the encounter on Mount Carmel. Yes. Where he just he sees God show up in a super powerful way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he he expects to hear God in this noisome, you know, several actions of God, but it, eventually it's a still, small, quiet. I imagine voice from God, where it. it that thunders, <laughs> not physically, but I think in his spirit, his soul, his heart, that begins to resonate as he's still and quiet. Um, and so I think, yeah, quiet is, and let's go back to the discipline side of things. I would say to people watching or listening, this is a discipline that you, and we use the word discipline. And maybe when we first started, you were like, hey, I don't know about that. Let's, let's, we'll shift and we're going to use a word for right now, practice. So Josh is a bass guitar player. I'm a guitar player. We wanted to be good at our instruments when we were kids. We spent time practicing on our instruments to get better. Mm-hmm. Practice is something we, you do with something that you love. And so it's not discipline. Like I sometimes discipline has this weird connotation. Well, we, I, mean, I think we've, we've added negative connotation to right. it because we usually use it in regards to things. Punishment. We don't, well, to, to punishment, right? Mm-hmm. You discipline your kids. Yes. Right, which, right. So now we think, oh, well, that's a negative thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or we think of things like, well, man, I have to get up when my alarm clock goes off. That's just a, it's a discipline. <laughs> And I'd rather sleep. I'd rather hit snooze, <laughs> but it's a discipline. So you've, yeah. you've now paired this idea of discipline with something negative. Working right. out, right? right. Like I, I'm miserable every time yep. I work out, yep. but it's a discipline. So I just got to do it. And mm-hmm. yeah, we've. I, I think that when we think about prayer and quiet, particularly silent solitude prayer, it must become a practice. It must become regular. Now that's where it can shift into legalism, you know. But when we begin to ask the why question about prayer and quiet, why do I want to talk with God? Why do I want to hear from God? If the why is to, you're going to hear us say this a number of times today, 
if it's to be with Jesus, mm. like be with him, be with Jesus, uh, and to hear from Jesus and to be like him, not just with him, but also to become like him. If those are the whys behind a discipline or practice of prayer and quiet, over time, I promise you, your life will change. But you must set up a routine. You must set up a systematic approach of prayer and quiet. If you don't, you won't. Yeah. And it won't happen. Yeah. If you just think, oh, yeah, I'll try to, I'll try to be quiet at some point. It, you're, you're not going to be try to be quiet at some point, right? Because <laughs> right. you're going to get caught up in the in the tyranny of the urgent and these you know. things are constantly dinging and buzzing. The you know we have wives and families and life, you know. So I would encourage you with all these di- practices and disciplines we're going to talk about today, which we got to get cracking. We do. We're, we're looking we're at our time. time. And okay. I, ju- I just want to clarify: we each only have one wife. We don't have. Wives. Oh yes, thank you. We're not. <laughs> We're not that kind of church. <laughs> yes, churches. The, the, the Radiant Life Church has not become uh, polygamous. But did you happen to see? This is a total side trail. Uh, New you York, know, maybe, maybe our goal should be forty minutes an hour. Let's just go. We're just going for it. Yesterday, the state of New York approved uh, benefits to polyamorous marriages. Huh. So this is the exact thing that many conservative people questioned originally yes. when other forms of marital covenant were legalized. The slippery slope, right? The slippery slope argument was made time and time again. And now polyamorous, which means, here's the thing I'm wondering for, for let's say, insurance stuff. What if I say, I'm going to marry 50,000 people <laughs> and you have to cover all, I mean, come on. Yeah, where do you, where do you Sorry. draw the line? I went way sideways there. No, that's it was that's a headline. Right. Yeah, that doesn't have anything to do with our Nothing. topic. But you know what? Nothing. It's it's. How did we get there? Even I don't know. Oh, I, wives. Yeah, yes, it's yes. actually my fault. It's my fault <laughs> that we got there. <laughs> you were correcting us. Okay, we should move on to the second practice, uh, which was fasting. Fasting. Yeah. So this which is, is one right out of Luke four. Right. So obviously, it says Jesus went for forty days. He didn't. He didn't need anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one where I think there's a lot of uh, confusion about mm-hmm. what fasting is. Uh, so we do want to take just a few minutes to kind of clear that up. Right. Mm-hmm. When when the biblical writers speak about fasting, they're talking about food. Yes. Like you're not eating. Mm-hmm. You know. So in Esther, when it says, "Hey, they're gonna, they're gonna, we're gonna fast and we're gonna pray for three days," right? This mm-hmm. is Esther's preparing to go into the king and could potentially be executed. Right. You know, they 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 prayed and they fasted. I mean, they did not eat. Right. You know, typically this would be you're limited to just water. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of examples. Yeah. Um, Moses is one. Oh, there's another one where they do an extended fast and it says they didn't eat or drink. Now, yeah. that is not recommended that. The only thing we can kind of assume is that was a supernatural yes. uh, encounter. Just right? like we see in Luke 4 with Jesus. Right, right. The human body, you, you can't go 40 no. days without, don't try it. You're you're yeah. not more spiritual. You're dead. Uh, is <laughs> right. is kind of how right. that how that would work. Yeah. Um, so they're so they're talking about giving up food. Yeah. Now that's gotten a little bit confusing in you know in modern years because you'll see people do they'll do all variety of fasts like oh hey I'm fasting social media. Mm-hmm. I would argue that that isn't so much a fast right and we've now equated fasting with giving something up. Mm-hmm. Right. So, which right. I think 
has created some confusion. I would argue that a social media fast, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is uh, the quote unquote is for those that are listening. <laughs> they can't see my air quotes on <laughs> <laughs> a social media fast is more of a practice of silence and solitude mm-hmm. than it is a fast, yeah. right? Because this is this is a way that you are uh, cutting out noise. Right. Maybe you just said you want to go for, you know, a month without watching news media. Mm-hmm. And that's a I would argue that's more of a silence and solitude practice yeah. uh than it is a fast. Um yeah. Yeah, and and I think bringing clarity to that to say, you know, what it is not, you know, fasting is not anything but abstaining from food. That's what fasting is. And uh I was telling Josh before we started, I love just the way God guides and leads us. Today, my reading this morning was Matthew 5 through 7, the Sermon on the Mount, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus kind of gives us some instructions on what not to do. He says in verse 16, chapter 6, verse 16, whenever you fast, now notice that. He's not saying if. Jesus is is identifying fasting as a, again, just like we talked about with prayer and silent solitude, fasting needs to be a regular part of your life. And many Christians polled, very, very few have a regular practice of fasting. Very few. Well, I was, and I, real quick on that, I was uh, in Richard Foster's Celebration of Discipline. He talks, but there was a period of time, almost 100 years, from like 1861 to 1954 something like there was zero christian writing on fasting like this was like wow. a practice that <laughs> like it it fell out of favor and there mm-hmm. are some some reasons for that right but anyway sorry no 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 no. so jesus says whenever you fast don't be gloomy like the hypocrites for they make their faces unattractive so that their fasting is obvious to people truly i tell you they have their reward but when you fast when not if When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. Now, we didn't go back in chapter six and talk about prayer, but he says the same thing, which is a direct affront. We're going to get real sideways here on public prayer and demanding that you can pray at a school or demanding that (laughs) this isn't biblical, friends. Look. Consider the scriptures. Jesus always encourages us that these disciplines and practices, though we have these discussions as brothers and sisters in Christ, it is to be between you and the Lord. And so what these people would do is they would go into a religious fast. What was their why? You're you're talking about... The Pharisees and Sadducees. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their why was, look at me. Well, and you see that, right? Jesus tells that, he tells that parable type, you know, narrative about the the Pharisee and the tax collector. And one of the things that Mm -hmm. the Pharisee brags, hey, I fast twice a week. Yeah, that's right. He was clinging to this as proof of his righteousness. Yeah. Like I I do all of these things. So look at me, Lord, I'm doing great. Um, Now, there are times for both prayer and fasting where in scripture you see corporate. Yes. Right. Where you see, you know, in the book of Acts, we're going to do that soon. Hey, these people came together to Mm -hmm. pray. So that's saying, so it's not saying you can't ever pray with other people. I've actually had conversations uh, with an old buddy about that. Mm -hmm. He was like, man, scripture says you do this in your prayer closet, but you shouldn't ever pray public. I'm like, oh, no, like there is, there is a precedent for corporate prayer. Right. But 
and and fasting. Again, mm-hmm. you look at Esther, you look at other other occasions where uh, everyone did this together mm-hmm. for a, a, a common uh, purpose. Um, so yeah. that's in there. But Jesus gets at this, like, this is not to draw attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. And this is a little bit of a pet peeve, actually. Yeah. Every time I would see, and, and usually it would be uh, teenagers, so I'm picking on teenagers, right? They would run these events, mm-hmm. like some 30-hour fast. Right. And then they give everybody a t-shirt telling everybody that they did the 30-hour fast. <laughs> And and to me that is like a it's like did you not read? Yeah, <laughs> it's right there. Like, or or I mean the 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 related pet peeve is when people go on social media. And again, mm-hmm. I I wouldn't say social media fasting is an actual fast, right? But when people go on social media and make a post informing everybody that they're going to be fasting from social media, you know, for the next while. Right. So, hey, if you need to get a hold of me, text. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yep. Did we just miss out on some, like, I don't know. That's the big why. So again, if your why is to gain favor with God, if your why is to be noticed by others, if your why is to any other why than this, Jesus says that the reasons that we fast are to deny the flesh. Mm. So it's a physiological, this earth, this kingdom way of telling the flesh, you will not be the boss of me. (laughs) I will be governed and led by the Holy Spirit, even in my physical body. Mm. And fasting is a time where we are, our spiritual antennas are boosted in a sense. As we deny the flesh, what happens is your discernment, your ability to hear God in the quiet becomes a little bit <laughs> it becomes a little bit more heightened and so fasting if it isn't so that i can be with jesus hear from jesus and be like jesus you're why you don't take up fasting these are the reasons that we fast and uh, i think when we get when we get sideways it's because it's it's for others as we just read mm. Yep. And you have to be intentional, right? So let's say you fast yes. and you choose, hey, every yes. whatever, whatever rhythm you want yes. to create. Because I would say like as a prayer and sounds mm-hmm. and sounds do, this is needs to be a rhythm. if you create a rhythm, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be ideal. But you have to be intentional in that time, right? I, I think a really practical way to do it is, hey, every man, I'm going to fast for this period of time mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, to keep your focus, to keep your why, you know, on track, mm-hmm. right? Be intentional, man. Every time you feel that hunger, you know, mm. pang, right? Like that's that's a yeah. cue. Like, hey, I'm going to, I want to focus on Jesus in this moment, right? My flesh is telling me, eat something, right? But I'm going to, I'm going to choose in this moment where my flesh is telling me this. I'm going to say, no, Lord, mm-hmm. here's what we're going to, here's what I want to talk to you about. Here's what I want to do to you. Here's how I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to put on a worship song in this moment. I'm mm-hmm. going to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Put fill that fill that space because it's not just okay. Well, I'm not going to eat. If you never do anything intentional in right. that time, right, to focus on Jesus, what what have you accomplished? Right, right. And and within that, right, look at look at your why. If you go into a fast and you're like, oh, hey, we're doing this fast as a church. Sweet, maybe mm-hmm. I'll lose a couple of pounds. Boom. I think we just I think we just lost it. We just made fasting about yeah. us. Like yeah. this will be great. I you know I wanted to lose a couple of pounds. Right. This will be a a a good way to do it because we're doing it for church. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think we've, we've missed nope. it then. So. I'm with you, Josh. I think that's, those are, those are good things. 
What about that last uh, part? Ryan encouraged us to consider scripture, you know, yeah, in so, Luke four. Yeah. So this is where you see you see uh, the devil. We are we are given three specific uh, temptations that that he lays out before Jesus, mm-hmm. and Jesus responds to each one with scripture. Mm-hmm. He says, "It is written. It is written. It is said." Mm-hmm. And and he brings the word of God to bear in his confrontation with the devil. Now, the interesting thing is the devil also uses scripture. Yes, he did. So, so for those of you yes. that are like, oh, sweet, I'll, I'll learn more about the Bible than the devil. Probably not. Like <laughs> the devil's had a lot of years to study it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's, he's got a little bit of an edge on us uh, in that sense. But Jesus knew scripture. Right, growing up in a in, in Jewish culture, they would have been very well versed in scripture. Mm-hmm. And he now brings that to bear on top of which he was he was God. The living I mean, word. I mean, he's, yeah. Yes. So he 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 definitely had an advantage there. But but he confronts the devil with scripture. The, the devil mm-hmm. says, Hey, ooh, here's a temptation. And Jesus says, Nope, this is what God's word mm-hmm. says. Right? We, we talk about the devil, he's a lie. And and Jesus you know, counteracts that with the truth. Mm-hmm. He says, no, this is the truth of the word of God. Even when the devil uses scripture, Jesus reorients it like, hey, sure, you can spin that. You can make that mm-hmm. say this, but that isn't actually what it means because here's what we know about God. Here's what we know about scripture. And it says this. Mm. So the the twisting of scripture that the devil you know, brings to the table, Jesus corrects that with mm-hmm. a with a proper understanding of scripture. Which is also why it's important for us to not only be in Scripture, but be diligent in in understanding it properly. Context. Yes. Yeah. You you can make Scripture say whatever you. If you just pull a verse here, mm-hmm. a verse there. Years ago, and I, I mentioned this. We're running the Radiant Institute, and I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I had a, I had a Bible teacher years and years ago, and he would use the term Bible a la carte. <laughs> but when you when you just pull sure. a verse here, a the verse Bible there, buffet, and and you you mash them together to come up with something that sounds good, yeah. And his response to that was always to say, "Well, hey, I can do that too." Uh, and Judas went and hung himself. Go ye therefore and do likewise. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. And I was like, "Whoa!" I was, yeah. uh, just disclaimer: we're not we're not nope. advocating that. Nope, Don't nope, do nope, that. Nope, nope. Uh, but but I mean, that's the danger. You can literally make scripture say anything you want if yeah. you just take a verse here and a verse there and. And kind of some of the darkest, most wicked things uh, that have happened in the history of humanity were supposedly motivated from the things in this book. I mean, Adolf Hitler believed that God was informing him in his annihilation of of the Jewish people. Uh, Racism early on informed by white people taking people from another part of a con- uh, part of the world enslaving them based upon what they thought this book told them to do which is nonsense a, again which if you understand context if you look at the culture yes. right this is very different than what you know even when they talk about slavery right like yes our cultural understanding of slavery is a lot different than mm-hmm. what they would have actually experienced in biblical culture so yeah mm-hmm. we we have to be very yeah. uh, uh, intentional to read it in light of its own context. I think one of the most amazing things is the number one book that Jesus quoted throughout his life on earth was the book of Deuteronomy. In fact, these references in Luke 4 are from Deuteronomy. Uh, Because obviously when Jesus was on earth, there was no Matthew through Revelation. Right. 
He was, he was mad. Yes. He Matthew was kind of making him. it happen. Yeah, he was making it happen as he went. So <laughs> I, I think that comes into, you know, what is it? Second Timothy. All scripture is God breathed. It's uh, able to, uh, we better, we, you, you Prove, say. teach, rebuke. You know, I mean, he's, uh, he gave us Timothy. That the man of God might be complete. Purposes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You just said it. So how do we, so, so we're saying uh, using scripture in our lives would be, uh, the most important thing is to consider context, but what else can we do as a, as a practice or discipline besides understanding context that will help us in our fight against the devil? So, I mean, this is this is regular time in the Word, mm. right? I mean, so so you could know everything you want need to know about context, but if you're never actually in the Word, <laughs> it doesn't right. matter. So, spending time in the Word on a regular basis. Now, this is where I I would argue there's a lot of danger of legalism mm -hmm. because if you just make this a checklist of like oh. Right. Read the Bible today. Right. I think we've missed it. Yeah. Right. Or oop, I need to get X number of times. Although there's right. there's research out there, mm -hmm. right? That that four or more times in scripture per week. Right, that correlates with uh just some of the, the transformational practices that we would hope to see in all mm -hmm. followers of Jesus. Yeah. So I mean there there does seem to be a, in a sense a threshold. Now, but I mean, as far as you know, this people get legalistic about. Well, you have to have this version, or oh, you have right. to read X number of chapters a day, or you have. Right. It's like mm, that. I mean, we've just made it a checkbox thing. We've made it a a, mm. a legalistic thing. Man, maybe maybe you you struggle to read. My wife is dyslexic, right? Mm -hmm. So reading is a challenge. Sure, you can listen to scripture. Get yeah. the U version Bible app. Listen to scripture, right? Yeah. Just be intentional. Maybe don't listen to it while you're doing forty seven other things. Uh, mm -hmm. but, but spend that time in the word. Uh, so don't, don't be legalistic about it. I would advocate for scripture memory again, not mm -hmm. as just like a, Ooh, I learned 75 verses. So I'm a Bible verse wizard. Yeah. Um, I think in the war and the battle against the devil, which is kind of, kind of the focus of this, uh, prayer fasting, just thinking of the practice of disciplines in the midst of battle, you can't, um, you can't wield a weapon you don't have. So if you're not taking the scriptures in, don't expect mm. to have these weapons of warfare when the enemy comes and he's got his, right. his the scripture says in Ephesians, Paul says these fiery darts, right? So an, an, another reason why, you know, immersing yourself in scripture, again, to, to be with Jesus, because he's the living word, uh, to hear from Jesus and to be like him uh, it's to equip us. It's to get us ready because the, the war and the battle is always on and it's coming. You may not see it, feel it, know it, but it's there. Uh, and you want to know, and I think that's why like in the New Testament, uh, the, the disciples and the apostles were instructed, give no thought to what you're going to say in front of these big councils when you're, when you're hauled into court for the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. Now, are these just like, Poof, magic things that they, I think that this was things that they had known their whole lives, but yes. God would give them the right words. Yes. yes. And th and that's where scripture memory, right? Yes. Jesus is in the desert. Satan comes up and he's right. tempting him. Luke and 4. Jesus, he, Jesus isn't pulling out a scroll, mm. looking in the concordance and like, <laughs> uh, is there a, is no there Google. a, is there a verse that says anything about this? Right. No, he, he had this, he had this already. Yeah. Hidden, right? Psalm 119, right? Mm. I've hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Right? Yeah. When, we, when, we, when we put 
uh, Pastor Ryan says it all the time. We have to get in the word of God so the word of God gets in us. Mm-hmm. But when we have that logged away, we are giving Holy Spirit material to work with. Yes. Right? To where maybe you're in this situation and, man, you've, maybe this is a, a sin that you struggle with. Maybe this is a, like a situation that you face. And you're like, man, I want to I spend some time focusing on scripture that, that deals with this. And you log some of the, that away in your memory. And now mm-hmm. the next time you encounter that temptation, Holy Spirit brings that passage to mind. You're like, that's yeah. right. This is this is the truth that I'm going to stand on. Yeah. The devil is is feeding me this lie that whatever this thing I'm tempted to do, ooh, this is this is good. This good looks, choice. This looks great. Yeah. It is desirable for you know. Mm. It plays to those desires that we have, but then we stand on the truth of Scripture, and we're able to resist that that temptation. Uh, I think it's Peter. It's James. Submit to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from James you. chapter two. We are submitting to the truth and authority of God's word. Mm-hmm. And the, the devil, he's he can't compete with that. He's, As we see in the example of the life of Jesus in Luke 4, in the midst of temptation, yeah. Well, I, we kind of get into the end of things, but we would de- tell you again, prayer and, and uh, quiet, fasting, uh, being in the Word of God, uh, consider what we've said today about what it's not. Consider the why. Remember, it's to be with Jesus. Okay to be like Jesus, to hear from Jesus. If those aren't your whys, you do risk kind of box ticking sort of legalism. Uh, But we would also encourage you to make these practices, to make these disciplines, to make these routine and regular in your life uh, because God will begin to transform you through these things. Yeah. And and just because they're a rhythm or a, a routine doesn't automatically mean that it's a checkbox thing. That's no. all about the motive you go into it Why? with. So weigh your motives. Mm. Why am I doing this? Yeah. Why do I want to post on social media that I'm fasting from social media for that? I, yeah, I, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah. Like our, our motives uh, get us in trouble an awful lot of the time, I think. Yeah. Uh, so we have to be mindful of those things. Um, yeah, we, we actually went a little longer than we were hoping, but this he gave was, us. This was a lot of stuff. Let's this just say it stuff. right now because I don't know if you'll watch this, Ryan. This is your fault <laughs> that we went long because you gave us so much stuff. It was nearly impossible. Here's I the, love I how mean, he stretches us, though. It's it's good. It's good. It but good. I mean, we could we could probably do an episode on each of these disciplines. Oh, yes. But we want to stay uh, within the focus of what Radiant Reflections is all about. Yeah. We might get into some of this a little bit more next week. So mm-hmm. this coming Sunday, the message is about the flesh. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about some of the dangers maybe some of the like the asceticism and the mortification Mm. downfalls and why Mm -hmm. that led to avoidance of some disciplines right next week we'll see maybe there's a verse in proverbs that's pro mortification (laughs) oh that's the problem there's a verse in proverbs here's the thing you could you can make a case for anything if you if you grab (laughs) that's the truth if you if you grab Uh, the passage uh and and to some extent yeah. Anyways, I don't know. Yeah. We're gonna we'll go on a whole other side track. We will. Hey, thanks for joining us for episode yes. two. Uh, it's been great having you with us. If you have questions, you can shoot us an email podcast at the radiant church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. But otherwise, if this was helpful, like, share, subscribe, all the other things. Share. I mean, sharing is really important. We want you to review this podcast. Give us a five star review if you've been encouraged. This there's some weird math algorithm behind iTunes and Spotify. The more reviews you get, the more people are exposed. If this has blessed you, and we hope it has, um, do those things like share, subscribe, definitely, um, so that more people can 
connect. So that's our hope. There you go. Hey, we'll see you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at theradiantlife.church. That's podcast at theradiantlife.church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.